Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If there are any of you gentlemen out there listening, this is Marcia Means at the website acircleofjoy.com. I'm a Christian author and counselor and the leader of a Circle of Joy Ministries. And this is our fourth and final uh, podcast on the topic of crisis of faith, uh, particularly for partners of sexual addicts because we run into it so often as we work with wounded women through our ministry and our website. And continuing the conversation with us today is Coach Catherine, who's already coaching for us, and Marcella, who is doing her final year in her master's uh, in counseling and will, at the end of that, be a, a Christian therapist and who is going to join us very, very soon as a coach available to those women who may want or need her services. So welcome back, Catherine and Marcella. Thank you so much for doing a fourth and final round with me on this topic. Thank you you for having us. Oh, you're welcome. Well, um, we want to take a little different tack today. And if, if you listeners didn't hear, the three previous podcasts on this topic with Catherine and Marcella, I encourage you to go back and listen to them in order because what you hear today will make more sense based on knowing the tragedy and the darkness in their stories and their absence of feeling God in their lives. Um, So it's been a journey and it's a journey for each of us. So I encourage you to listen to their journey from beginning to the end, because today we're, we're looking at it from a completely different angle. We run into this so often in our work with partners of the addicts, and even in Steve's work for us with the addict, the sex addict, um, that, that clergy uh, or any church professional, whether it's a minister, women's ministry leader or the youth group leader or whoever in the church becomes the one that a hurting woman turns to, uh, we find that very, very few of those people are trained and equipped to know how to be what these women need in that moment. And it's the same in men's ministries for the addicts, while more and more churches are providing places for the sex addicts, the male sex addicts, um, those leaders don't usually take into account what's going on for the wife and perhaps for the family. So whether it's for ministers or other people in the church, and we're also going to touch on on counselors because uh, the trauma model of treating sex addiction is still in the early years of changing mm-hmm. the paradigm. So almost every single day we hear from a woman who cannot find someone to work with who yeah. won't label her and make it impossible for her to start to heal. So ladies, uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy lives and uh, sharing from your hearts one more time. So, Catherine, let's start with uh, let's start with the clergy or people in the the church. No matter what kind of a church, no matter what kind, mm-hmm. um, the message is the same. Pain is pain. People don't generally 
get trained for how to help us deal with this kind of pain. Mm-hmm. What would you like to say to anyone working in the church, whether professionally or as a volunteer? Mm. Um. <laughs> and gee, you were one of those people, weren't you? I was, I was actually. Um, yes. So I'm going to share a little story first before I actually answer that. Okay. When I found out about my husband, um, the day we had a church and we had um, a pastor who had retired, who had come into our church and was assisting us. And when I found out about my husband that night when the police came, um, he was one of the first people to come to um, mm-hmm. my home with his wife. As you know, I shared with him what had just happened. And um, all I remember him sharing with me was, you know, how could your husband do this to us? We were going to retire. And there was no consideration that this wasn't being done to them, but to me. And and then within a week or two, um, I was told by them that I needed to leave the church. Yeah. Uh, because the church loved me too much as the pastor's wife and they needed to establish themselves as leaders and so not only did I lose Mm. everything that I lost because of my husband's addiction but I lost my spiritual family that I had served for so many years and um, and that had such a huge effect on me Mm. because now I was without a spiritual family yeah And that is horrendous Mm -hmm. to put a wife of a sex addict in a position to be, is not to have a spiritual family, not to have a home that is safe for her to uh, be ministered to. If we can't have a church, we're without family. Mm -hmm. And so number one, please don't do that (laughs) to a woman. Uh, She desperately needs her church. Um, Number two, um, and I share this a lot with women, is that we're not just dealing with one addiction, the sex addiction, Mm -hmm. but we're also dealing with the addiction of deception, of lies. And unless you're really trained, and pastors are not, I find that pastors tend to believe our husbands and not the wife and that is so destructive Mm -hmm. I really am a great believer that in spite of our trauma we really do know our husbands better than anybody Mm -hmm. and um, I really do believe that men pastors need to work with the wives um, as well as not just the husbands Um, I find that many pastors who especially have had this addiction in their past tend to be very partial Mm -hmm. to working with men who are addicts, Mm -hmm. thinking that they understand. And yet I find that they don't because they're not qualified Mm -hmm. to actually uh, be the support that they need to be. Um, for the husbands. So, you know, I really do encourage uh, pastors to get training. And this, this is an epidemic. Let's just be honest. It's an epidemic. And um, marriages are being destroyed. And not only um, when it comes out, but there are so 
many couples that are sitting in the yes. church pews yes. that are um, are not coming out in the open right. because of their own fears. And yes. I've talked to so many women yeah. who need their anonymity because the husbands have told their wives they cannot talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so they can't go to their pastor. They can't uh, get the help that they need, except, you know, many times through us because yeah. we're on the phone. Um, so we need to talk about this more. Uh, we need to become more open and honest. We need to have the support in the body of yes. Christ, yes. not only for the addict because they need it, but for their, for the wives right. and not to be labeled as co-addict as I was not mm -hmm. that long ago yeah. I was Me labeled too. a co-addict and a codependent mm -hmm. and I knew I wasn't and those labels are so painful yeah. to a woman who's just struggling to breathe yes what she needs is compassion mm -hmm. and she doesn't need to be told that it's her fault she doesn't and i've heard it all and she doesn't need to be told that she needs to be more more seductive mm -hmm. be more available she that's the last thing mm -hmm. that she needs to hear because it's a lie. Yeah. And so that's the need for education and it's available. Yeah. And I think as spiritual leaders, we just need to come to this agreement that the body of Christ is, is not well mm -hmm. if we don't talk about um, this addiction. It's so prevalent mm -hmm. in today's society. You can't even put on the TV right. without seeing, seeing it. Um, it's in the church. Yes. It is in the church. Mm -hmm. It is growing not only with the men, but also with women. women. We don't talk mm -hmm. much about mm -hmm. women That's addicts, right. but sex addiction is, is growing at an alarming it rate is. for women too. Yes. We need to start talking about it. We need to provide um, um, you know, affordable um, help for them, mm -hmm. and because a lot of a lot of us have lost our jobs, a lot of us have lost our finances. We can't afford right. to have counselors. This is where the church can come. You can yes. tell I'm I'm passionate Me about too. this, okay. but the church needs to come mm -hmm. and set aside somebody to help uh, some of these couples because. Their husbands have spent thousands and hundreds yes. of thousands of dollars on this addiction, yes. and there's nothing left for healing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many times I talk to women, and they say, I don't right. have the money for help. Right. And so as coaches, we try to sponsor these women, mm -hmm. but the church needs to come and be supportive. Yes. So, yeah. Wonderful. That's what I would say. Wow, you did say. That was great. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm so passionate about this. Yes. Having been a leader yes. in the church, I just, we need, we need to help our people. We, we really do. do. Yes, and you reflect my passion and heart, so I love hearing it. <laughs> oh, Marcella, how about you? Oh, I know you have your own things. Share with listeners who may be clergy or may be 
volunteers of some sort in the, a faith-based community. Tell them what you'd like them to hear. Well, um, first of all, I guess, um, I, I remember when I knew that there were issues and I didn't know mm. exactly what they were. And I tried to get help. I went to counselors. I went to the pastor. I went to several different pastors. Um, the only advice that I ever got was to be more submissive, to show him more respect, oh. to be sexier, to keep the house cleaner. None of these were the problem. No. This was not the problem. Okay. My husband was intimacy anorexic. It, it's a, it's, I don't know which addiction damaged me more. Right. <laughs> I know the pain. It's really hard to explain, but... Yes. Um, they, I know that a lot of people thought that I, I had emotional problems. I did have emotional problems. If you live with someone and you love someone who cannot return your love... Yes. ...and who yeah. can only give you more rules... Yeah. You're not going to be a real happy camper. No. And nope. I wasn't, and I did not know how to fix it. And no one that I went to was able to even get a, a clue of what we were going through or what we needed. Everyone thought he was wonderful. He was uh, wonderful to yes. everyone else. Yeah. The kids thought he was wonderful. At least the ones that weren't being molested. Yes. Mm -hmm. even, the, even the little ones acted like he was wonderful. It's just hard to explain to anyone. Um. And everyone is was so sure that I had to know what was going on. But believe me, they can be so deceptive. You would not. Yeah. Yeah. You, I told my husband after he was arrested, you should have been an actor. You, you, you mm. are the best actor I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. So um, I know that the pastor in the church that we had been in for the longest, I know that they really wanted to help. They just totally did not understand the nature of addiction. I know that there were men that had prayed with my husband who really believed that it was the kind of thing you could just, just like with anything, you just decide you're not going to do it anymore and you don't do yes. it. But it's addiction has its roots so deep in you. It's yes. not, it's not going to be something that you're just going to brush off. And then if there's no, no one came back to find out how he was doing. And if, mm. if they did, he would have lied anyway. I don't think he even admitted it to himself. And it's very easy to deceive other people if you've deceived yourself first. Yeah. So that's just something that I know. Also, I think um, the people that should have known, the protective service people, um, they didn't get it. They still thought it was just me. Mm -hmm. um, they're supposed to be the trained professionals, and they didn't get it. But mm -hmm. I, I totally get it because it's not something that you're just going to understand um, quickly. It's it's a huge thing. And there are so, it is such, it's just exploding in our culture. Yeah. The addictions, kids are addicted to pornography when they're nine years old. What do you think they're going to be like when they're 15? Right. I mean, yes. it's just... One out of three girls and one out of six boys are molested. Right. We have got to, if the, if the church doesn't go after this, the world certainly isn't. They're just so, pushing more of it. What can the church do differently? Where, where can they, they learn to, to do it differently? Well, you can dump the um, 
co-addict model, the codependent model. I don't see how that, I don't see how you're going to get anywhere. I think you have to understand the trauma model and you have to understand what people in trauma look like. You can Mm -hmm. spot someone in trauma if you know what to look for. That's right. You can see that there is a problem in this family that everybody else thinks is doing wonderful. And you can, if you understand what to look for, you can find it. But I think as long as we keep looking at this um, trauma, this codependent model, we're just going to miss it. I know in my counseling classes, I, I had one class recently which I nearly failed, <laughs> they had asked um, the question on the discussion board, what would you do if a woman came to you after finding her husband was having an internet affair? And over half of my classmates, and they are all Christians, said that it's not a real affair if it's just emotional. And that yeah. right there tells me that they do not know what they're talking about. Right. Yeah, so education, and trust education. Is broken. Trust is broken. And when that, the issue is trust, the issue is betrayal. And so when women are ignored or men, if they're the, if they're the spouse that they've experienced this betrayal and this loss of trust, and then they're looked like they're looked at as though there really isn't anything. You don't have anything to be mm-hmm. upset about. Mm-hmm. Or as I was told when I was in court, you were not the victim here. Mm-hmm. This didn't have anything to do with you. Oh, mm. gee, honestly, I thought that when I married him that that implied a few things. Mm. It was just so much. So I just think that you really need to, there are people in your church that are like this. There are people in your homeschool group that are like this. There are people in your neighborhood that are like this. Mm. You need to get informed as to what what resources are available in your community and 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 what you can do. Personally, I'm, you know, and that's something individually God will show you, but there is something that you can do to help. Yes. Thank you, Marcella. Before I hand the mic to Catherine, can you share um, what you would like for therapists to know? I, I'm guessing you could just pretty much ditto everything you just said. Um, and the 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 world would listening world might think well they're therapists of course they know what to do they're taught in school um, but then on the other hand you just told us you took a course recently in in a therapy training master's program where half of the class would have failed the question if we were looking for the right answer so what would you say to people currently training to become therapists, professionals already out there, um, any 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 advice you'd like to give them? Well, what I said in my class, um, I said, look at this woman that's come to you as someone that came through a hurricane and she's lost her home and maybe her family is missing and maybe her job, there's no mm. job to go back to. Maybe her church isn't there. And she has lost just about everything that she knew to trust in. What Would you ask her first what her part was in that disaster? Mm. Is that your first question? Because that's what basically everybody was saying. Well, what is your part in this? Mm. Would you tell her that she needs to start working on forgiveness? Or would you just listen to her and hear what she is, where she's at right now? I, I remember the court made me go to two different counselors. I went to um, a, a sexual abuse uh, response center, and I had a counselor. She was very young, and she wasn't a Christian. 
and I knew that she thought when I first came in that I, I did know what had happened, um, you know, that I had known all along. But I did, uh, I did ask her to just let me share my story and not to interrupt. And I did get to do that, and that was probably the first person that I ever got to share the whole thing with. And I was there for six months, twice a week, and I would go in and talk to her. And at first, I could see that she just totally had all her defenses up and was sure that mm -hmm. I was, you know, going to try to pull something over on her. But by about the third or fourth week, when I would tell her the story, she would just silently weep. Wow. And I knew she was connecting with me. Mm. And she just sat and let me chair. And I finally, it was almost like the first time for me that I could face what I had been through. Mm. And I could share it with her. And she didn't really say anything. But um, it, it did, that was one of the first glimmers of hope that I had that I could get past this. If I can sit in the room with someone and tell them what it's been like, then I can do it. Wow. And, and it was just, there's somebody has to listen. Somebody has yes. to be there. Yes. It's without judgment. Just put your judgment on hold yes. for a little while and let this person just talk to you and tell you what they're, where they're at. And if they're angry at God, they're angry at God. Yeah. He, it's okay. He can handle it. <laughs> we'll get there. Mm -hmm. But, and to try, I know the other thing that I felt like so many people told me was, you need to forgive right now. You just need to start forgiving. It's not possible to forgive mm -hmm. when you don't even know what you're forgiving. That's yes. a process. It's going to take time. I knew right from the beginning that I was going to have to walk through forgiveness. And I was willing to, but. But it's taken me, well, now how many years is it? Seven years? I'm still I'm still pretty much in the beginning of the process of learning mm -hmm. to forgive. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. Thank you. A lot, a lot of passion in you, too. You, and some weariness from how hard it is to help people understand what they need to do to help the epidemic that we're talking about. Thank you, Marcella. Catherine, back to you before we're completely out of time. What would you like to say to professionals, counselors or, or uh, trained volunteer counselors in the church or even, you know, a best friend or uh, first responder? It, uh, what what would you say to the public that is not clergy, but who may be the first one a woman or a family turns to for help? Yeah, very similar to what Marcella is, is saying. You know, we just need to be heard. We need to get it out. We yeah. need, without judgment, we need to have safe people, safe people to share our destruction with mm. and um you may have nothing to say and that's okay sometimes it's better not to say anything yes. and just cry with them and and hold on to our hands and just know that we're not a leper to you yeah um that you know you're safe to talk to that you won't use this against us mm. uh, we just need to unload because there's a lot of unloading and it's going to take time. And for many of us as women, being women, God, the way God designed us, many times the way we process mm -hmm. our trauma is actually to talk about it. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so just allow us to. Um, I think the second thing is 
don't point fingers at us. Please, please don't point fingers at us. You know, for the vast majority of women that I've talked to, and I've talked to hundreds yes. around the world at this point, mm-hmm. and Marsha, you've talked to a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure our stories are the same. Yes. Um, men have come into the marriage with their addiction. And so we've got to stop mm-hmm. trying to uh, point the finger at the wives. She's doing it enough herself. Mm-hmm. She's believing the lies enough that's going on in her head what she actually needs is some truth to be spoken Mm -hmm. and that is that her husband's addiction is not hers um drop the labels please Mm -hmm. please please drop the labels and it's so difficult I don't know how many women, Marsha, I've lost count of women who have spent thousands and tens of thousands of dollars and they dread going to their counselor because they feel that their counselor understands her husband more than her. Mm -hmm. And so what I tell the women is this as a coach, if you're not comfortable with with your counselor, if your counselor does not make you feel safe, Find one that will Mm -hmm. and look for a counselor that's trained in Mm -hmm. trauma because that's what they need to work with you is is the trauma. Um, If you're going to sit under somebody who's been trained in the co-addict, codependency model, and they're the vast majority of the counselors out there, Mm -hmm. um, that's how they're going to uh, work with you is under that model. Um, but if it is trauma you're experiencing, then that's who you need to go mm-hmm. to. Um, we have specialty doctors. In Canada, we have specialty doctors. If you have a, if you have a cancer, you go to an oncologist, mm-hmm. right? Same thing with therapists. So mm-hmm. find the therapist that uh, is suited for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then support groups. Yes. are very important yes. uh, the need for support groups not only for the addict but also for the mm-hmm. wife and please you know we talk about children um get our children into counseling yes. they get traumatized and no matter how mm-hmm. young your children are they're very sensitive to the yes. environment you yes. may go and, and, you know, ha- hash it out with your husbands outside the home or in the bedroom or in another part of the house. But the environment is affected. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the children, the children are very sensitive to that. And they are afraid. And they may not be able to express their fear, but they, they know something's up. Yep. And talk to a counselor as to when an appropriate time to talk to your children is. We have some amazing counselors out there. Mm-hmm that are trained in the trauma model, uh, find them. If you don't mm-hmm. know where to go, come ask us. Yes. And we'll help you yeah. research. Um, we all have counselors that we've heard are really good that we can pass their names on to you. Um, we're here to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's our heart. Yes. And um, we want to raise up, right, Marsha? We want to raise up women mm-hmm. so that they come out on the other side so that they can start helping yes. the women in their church and in, yes. in their, compu- their community. Uh, community. Yes. Um, it's an ep- epidemic. We'll never mm-hmm. run out of no. <laughs> women that need help. Yes. And we need women 
to, you know, come face to face with this, come out on the other side and, uh, and then help others. Yes. And if that is what God is doing, man, you know, <laughs> I know Marsha will be thrilled. <laughs> um, so yeah, from a counselor's point of view, please don't assume that that the counselor you have may be the right one for you if you're walking out week after week and being hurt and feeling like you're you're not being heard please find another counselor, another counselor. for your healing sake oh thank you both so many wise words for both clergy and church workers and for therapists and um i uh, your passion, your, uh, Marcella, your pain. Um, it, it's so clear, so obvious. I, I just so wish that I could give you both a big hug and willingness to share and to answer the questions. And I want to remind you listeners that Catherine does have a group starting on the topic crisis of faith so that if that is an area you're struggling in, uh, or if, if you've never had faith, but now you're looking for it, uh, that group begins at the end of August. You can reach Catherine through Catherine at a circleofjoy.com, our website's name. And very shortly, Marcella will be added to the site. In the meantime, if you feel the need for support from Marcella, Email me, Marsha, M-A-R-S-H-A, at acircleofjoy.com, and I will get you connected to her. Thank you, listeners. We're out of time. Bless you, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Uh-huh.